This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this morning, but we'll make fun of him anyway. The year known as 2020 <laughs> is ending, thank gosh, and if you want to start the new year off right with the, in the right direction, time to plan that 2020 DIY project now. Holidays are a great time to take some inventory tour of your home spot the places you want to change it's kind of funny we all sit around our houses on uh during the the holidays and look around our homes and and don't and hardly see anything because it's always been the same at that house i i have a challenge for you walk up to any picture in your home and move it you're going to be blown away because you've not seen your house in that way in any time. If you ever move your house, you ever like pick up your stuff and you move to another place. The weirdest part is when the pictures come down off the wall because they're just, they're they're part of the way the place looks, and all of a sudden you can make it completely look empty if you move some of the pictures. Anyway, just a just a hint there if you want to throw things off of the holidays. You can join the conversation with us this morning by calling eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or send an email to fixit one oh one at mpbonline.org gonna be getting to a couple of those in a minute. How are you doing this morning, Pam? You know, I'm pretty good. I want to know is Jeff out there moving that boat again? You know, I don't know. I don't know if there's any storms coming in. He's probably keeping it away from the Midwestern uh, snowstorms right now. So he's probably moving it further south. Well, every time he's out, he's moving that boat. He's moving the boat, right. Well, that's that's what you pay for when you buy a boat is the uh, (laughs) responsibility of having one. So anyway, what did you get to this week, Pam? What are you working on? Well, I need to confess I'm moving a little slow this morning because I woke up last night in the middle of the night to some rodents playing cards and throwing dice in the wall behind my headboard. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a regular little party. They, I think they were smoking cigarettes and drinking beer, too. Right. <laughs> it was a party going on. And I so, mean, I, I, I just rolled over and pulled the pillow on top of my head, and I thought, i got to have a long talk with my cat. Right, right. See, I, if my wife would have had me out of bed so fast with, you know, I mean, I would have been coat hanger in the wall before it was over with trying to get, get him out of there. You'd have been, you'd been busy and you would right. have gotten less sleep than me. I would have, and, and I wouldn't have got anything done. I've, I've worked around these animals before, and they're not made for normal humans. You have to get somebody who knows what they're doing to get rid of those things. Uh, there's fast, they're very fast, smart, and there's a lot more of them than you think typically. So, well, I have a, another confession a couple of nights ago, Uh I woke up to a cat screaming and I just figured it was a regular, you know, cat fight because it happens now and then. And then I figured out (laughs) in one of my DIY projects, I fixed the access door to my crawl space. Oh, bummer. And I put hinges on the top. Uh-huh. So I think what happened is my cat was under the house, and when he tried to come out, that door slammed on his tail. Because <laughs> I noticed he had a tail injury, and I was like, I don't know where that came from. 
My gosh, Pam. You should make your house more cat safe. And I, I feel terrible, to be honest. He's missing hair and it's swollen. <laughs> it's terrible. Take him to the vet, Pam. Oh, well, I thought it was a cat fight. Now I think it was just me. So I owe me, him an Mama. apology. Um, it, b- before I tell you what uh, I got into this week, I want to take a quick call from Lauren in Natchez. It's talking about uh, the pictures off the wall that I was talking about earlier. If you want to really change the world around in your house. Hey, Lauren, are you with us? I am with you. So what's going on? Okay, as part of my redo the house during the COVID lockdown, I took all the pictures off, repainted the wall. Well, I happen to have two screens that are the carved wood with, you know, a lot of holes and intricate carving. Got me some nice hooks from Amazon, hung all my pictures and posters and things like that. From these uh, screens, I've got uh, one in a bedroom and one in the living room. So uh-huh. I still can see my pictures, but my walls are, are blank, and it makes it look bigger and cleaner because it's got fresh paint. So that's one solution to changing your pictures around. That's that's cool. You know, um, we here at MPB in the front office here, they have we hang different pictures throughout the year. But they're hanging from a, uh, a wire, a suspended little wire. Um, and so that you can, so there's a track on the top where like a crown molding would be. And it holds uh, these little clips that go to a wire that hold the picture. And so every once in a while during the year, you can just kind of uh, get up on a ladder and just kind of move the picture to a different place. You don't actually have to take it down or anything. It's kind of neat. That's the one that both found me. Yeah. So there you go. Another idea. Thanks for calling, Lauren. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great day. All right. So uh, this weekend, we have we have in my home a tortoise. Yes, a tortoise. You might have heard about this before. My, my son has a tortoise, and uh, it's in like this big aquarium thing, right? Well, Okay. It, just to be clear, you're talking about a turtle. Uh, yes. Only one that lives... <laughs> Not in the water. So, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, sure. <laughs> so this one looks like kind of like the ones that you would see crawling around in your backyard, things like that. It almost looks like a little box turtle. But anyway, uh, he's about that big, about four inches across, whatever. Uh, but he's got this big, like, 20-gallon tank, right, that's like a, a big glass tank. So we were going to move it from the the living room to my son's room. Well, uh, my wife got this great idea. We we bought this old uh, cedar chest a while back, and I redid it and polished it up and everything. But it's still not really worth a lot. It's just a cedar chest, you know. So she wanted to raise it a little higher off the ground so that the turtle could see outside the window. Um, so I bought some wheels, and and I was able to put wheels on the bottom of the cedar chest that raised it up at the right amount. So now when you want to clean the turtle cage, you can just roll it to the place to clean it and then roll it back to the bedroom. So that, that was my big pride. This sounds insane, I know, but that, it's a lot like my house. So Okay, so, okay, I'm just I'm trying to follow you here, and, of course, I lack of sleep. Okay. So you you put wheels on the chest to raise the chest to put the turtle cage on top of the chest. So that the turtle can see out the window, because we all know how important that is. 
Yeah, well, you know, I kept thinking what you were going to say is that you cut the sides out of that chest and put screening on it and made a new turtle thing out of it. See, that would have been cooler, but it's <laughs> it's a wood chest, and we have learned that this critter uh, was built for burrowing. So if it's not glass or titanium, he's getting out. So, um, he's four inches. How much damage can he do? You'd be shocked. You would be shocked. <laughs> Anyway, if you have a question about a DIY that you've got going on or want to do, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. So Christmas is coming. Do you have a special tool in mind uh, coming up for this holiday, Pam? Well, I I'm, I got projects going. Um, oh, and come I on. Was What's Santa Claus going to bring you? Yeah, so I wish Jeff was here because the most exciting thing happened yesterday. I had had an inspection and I stopped by Lowe's on my way home because I need some stringers because I'm redoing the steps on my deck. Uh-huh. And when I I just drop by there every now and then because if the wood's in, you need to buy it immediately because it just they're not getting a lot of wood right. in. And I walked in and they had deck boards and stringers and I was so excited. Now you're gonna have to tell I, people what a stringer is first. That's that's the base of your stairs. That's what you build your stairs on. Okay, and so that's the little thing that has the zigzags on it. Yeah, it's the okay. zigzags. And you can try to cut those out, but I've never been very successful at that. So I just buy the stringers. And I went in, and they had them, and they had deck boards. And I literally ran up to the contractor's desk, and I said, oh, if I if I load up a cart, can because I, I was in my Mini Cooper, and right. it wasn't going to fit in my Mini Cooper. <laughs> If I load this up and pay for it, will y'all like put it? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure enough, I paid for it, ran home, got the pickup truck, came back. I was about to say, I, I want to hear the story about you loading up a pallet full of wood on top of the Cooper. On top of the Cooper. <laughs> I have put some odd things. You know, the first Mini Cooper, no, the third, because we get these, you know, every other year I get new cars and for the for my inspectors. For the business, and, yeah. And, yeah, for the business. And the very the second one I got, I had a rack put on the top of that thing. Uh-huh. Because I thought, oh, I could, that way I can load stuff on it. And I had a customer one, one time look at that, and he said, oh, is that what you use to move the car? Right. <laughs> <Pick it up laughs> he went the crane, just pick it up and move it. And move it. But, yeah. Now, you're not getting... You know, in high school, we have, you know, our, our, it's amazing what we have in the back of our car. That's People, amazing. you know, we've got a ladder that extends 11 and a half feet from a we've Cooper. We've got all our, yeah. I mean, it, it's hmm. called a telescoping you know, ladder. In high school, we used to pick up this guy's Volkswagen and move it to another place in the parking lot all the time. Dude, when I was out at Madison Ridgeland High School, um, graduated a very long time ago, they took a Volkswagen and put it on top of the gym. <laughs> well, you never know what kind of trolling you get into, folks. Like it. Let's go to James in Biloxi. He's got leaks in the roof. What's going on, James? Okay. Uh, over the years, I've had some uh, minor leaks in my roof and not enough to uh, uh, come through the sheetrock, so I never knew that they were there. Uh, but now I've put a metal roof on, and I've gone looking around, and there's a number of uh, places where there's mold on the sheetrock. Uh, I periodically have guests that are very allergic to mold, mm-hmm. and I was just wondering if there was anything I could do other than just rip the sheetrock out. 
Can I? Well, what what do we? Saturated or? Well, let me ask you a couple of questions first. What what kind of area are we talking about here? How large is this kind of these spots? Uh, they're in uh, four or five different places. Uh, maybe a grand total of uh, hundred square feet. Oh, okay. So that is ripping out some sheet sheetrock. Yeah. Okay. Um, as well as um, uh, there's part of the uh, the roof deck uh, has uh, rotten and that's but you know it got laid over with the uh, purlins and uh, the metal roof. But right. It's still there. Well, any any uh, I'll say any rotten wood you know obviously needs to be replaced. But if there is microbial growth or mold or whatever growing at this point. Um. Then, then it either. I mean, you can get rid of. Is is the area dry now? Has the water stopped? Oh yeah, everything. Uh, all problems have been solved to the best of my knowledge. Oh, that's fantastic, Pam. Do you want to take it from there? Yeah, you got to keep in mind. Mold needs three things to grow. It needs a constant water source. It needs temperatures constantly above sixty-five degrees, and it needs something to eat. So what was happening probably is that your roof leaks were um, going beneath your insulation but not going far enough to seep through the sheetrock, and it was just spreading. And because of that insulation that was on top of it in our very warm summers, uh, you were getting some growth out there. I would recommend, and especially when you said you've got people who come to the house who are sensitive to it, I would start off by having some air sampling done. Um, and home inspectors do that. There's some other, you know, companies that'll offer that. And, and I don't recommend these things that you pick up in the big box stores. I just don't think they're very reliable, but if you don't have, there's, once you get that results back, if you have high concentration of mold spores on the inside of the house, now you got to look at some remediation things. And that's really more than a DIY project. Because if you get in there and start tearing it up and tearing it out, you're just going to spread it and make it worse for the folks who come to your house. However, if the test comes back low, now you're looking at a DIY project. And then you can go from there as far as either kilting it or um, trying to clean it. Don't use chloride. When, when, someone, water. when someone on the show says to kill something, that means to primer it, not to you know bludgeon it. That's a yeah, brand yeah, name. Yeah, you just come kills. in with a, if it's stained through, um, and then on the back side, you can actually clean that with water and soap. You don't want to use a high concentration of that, and don't use Clorox. That's just going to, especially in an attic, in a contained space, that stuff, the fumes from that will overtake you and do a lot of damage to your lungs. So you've just got to be careful. But, you know, I would I would get it. If I had that problem in my house, I would run the samples and then I'd go from whatever the information is that I get back from there. The soap and water over the uh, mold areas and then maybe a good kills product or uh, a primer product. Uh, now that there is no more water, there is no more leak or issue uh, that should be part of it, depending on how bad it is. So you need right, that air yeah. sample, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I really think those air samples are worth, I mean, it's just worth it for peace of mind because there's mold everywhere. Right. I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and guarantee you that there's mold. Uh, it's under my house. Uh, right. I've probably got a little bit in my attic. 
the problem is that when it gets pulled into the house, now we're going to move into, and I just had an inspection recently for a homeowner because they had mildew and mold all over the house. So I went in and ran the samples and then we figured out that it, the problem was the air conditioning system because hmm. it wasn't sealed up. It was pulling air from underneath the house. Ah. And when you pull unconditioned air from a place that's susceptible to mold, <laughs> That's what you get. Right. That's what comes in the house. All right, James. I hope that helps out. But a, a good mold sampling probably is in your future if you'd like to really figure this out. Okay. So uh, just putting Joe Max over it's not going to do much good. Huh? Well, no, you probably do need to wash off some of that mold. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe the, uh, the Joe Max can, can get that taken care of. But just be careful with your chemicals. You know, that was one of the things that, that Pam mentioned was that yeah. don't get crazy on the chemicals because it'll knock you out. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, James. Appreciate it. Let's keep going. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk to Donald and Madison, so uh, don't go anywhere. It's time for us to take our first one. Today, we want to help you finish your 2020 DIY projects or even plan for the upcoming year. Also, for those last-minute shoppers, yeah, we got a couple of gift ideas for the handy person on your list. From the classics to the latest in high-tech gadgetry. Gadget. You know what I mean, gadgetry. If you have any questions, comments, just tell us what project you're working on. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibas, ASHI certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl. Licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week, but you can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101. Okay, before we went to the break, we said we we're going to talk to Donald and Madison. Let's go to Donald now. What's going on? Hey, guys. Appreciate your show. Thanks for having me. I've got a call about an outdoor shed. I bought this shed thinking I was going to put power tools in it, uh-huh. but my daughter wants to turn it into a she shed. Of course. And so the, the double <laughs> doors on one end of it are what they are, but she'd like a, like a personnel access, a single door on the other end of the shed. Right. But it's going to be an odd size, almost like a hobbit-sized door. Right. Is that something I'm going to have to custom build, or can I order from one of the big box stores a short, narrow door? Well, wait, the well, doors only come in standard sizes. Hang on just a second. So this door would be different than, say, a 24-inch door? Yeah. It's, it's, I, width is not really the challenge. I mean, I could put a, a standard width door, uh-huh. but... It's going to be short. It's not going to be any taller than maybe six feet. Okay, I got you. I got you taken care of here. If you want, if you want to do DIY all the way, if you've got the skills to do it, are you handy with a hammer? 
Yeah, okay. I can do that. Okay, well, this is this is what I did uh, years ago. I went to install a door into my attic, and it was one of those situations where the access was was not tall enough. So I took a twenty four inch bathroom door, basically, and yep. and 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 cut it uh, cut a third of it off at the top, and you can replace the plate. The you know you know like say you have the frame and the door all in one thing, yeah. You can you can cut the door off, then you can replace the top plate with uh, 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 nails and, and, and glue, and man, it's a home run. There's your door right there. That's great. That's great. So cut it off at the top though. Don't cut it off at the bottom. No. No, cut it off at the top, and and but you know, take your time, get that right, use your level. That's a you know, that's a hundred percent of what this is is making sure everything's square on a door. But but yeah, I've done that before. It's not difficult. You can you can knock that out. Another thing, Donald. It. Let me let me jump in here because I'm kind of the I, I love doors. I just right. anyway, <laughs> I'm a fan. So if you can go down to some of these uh, rehab stores like, um, you know, there's plenty of them around town and get you a really cool door. I can almost guarantee you that Old House Depot down there off High Street would have one the size you need. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd like to get doors. one that has a window in it. So, I mean, she would like to have a window in the door. So hopefully I yeah, I bet one. you could find something like that or even... Because the the newer doors that you get, and if you order something, you're gonna you're gonna sl- you're gonna put some money down. Yeah. But if you fa- could find something old, and they've got hundreds of doors down there, and they're solid wood. Well, that's what it, yeah. The, the one that I used in my home was a repurposed door. I didn't buy a new one. It was going to yeah. an attic. I didn't want to spend a lot of money on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a solid door would be better since it's got to be an exterior door. Correct. Anyway. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you can find they've got a ton, I've bought a ton of them down there, and and I've done all kinds of things with like I bought a screen door, and put new screening in it, and then hung it on my fence, cut the hole in the fence so the dogs can see outside. That's important. well, that sounds great. I mean, that's a that's a great option for me. I mean, I really was hoping to put lawnmowers in here, but I think it's going to end up with a couch and a refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get used to a chandelier and. Absolutely. She already wants me to wire it, which I can do that. All right. Good luck, Donald. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hi. Let's keep moving. Necessary is on the line in Jackson. What's going on? Hi. How are you? Very good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Good to talk to you all today. I've got a question about the flashing on the roof of my house. Mm -hmm. My husband and I bought a house a couple of years ago. And when we bought it, the roof was put on newly. When we bought it, that was one of the great selling points. We love new roofs, of course. 15 years without replacing it. So when we got it put on, it's an architectural roof. We got it put on, and about maybe a month ago, there was a really serious Mississippi rainstorm. Uh You know, we get them. And I noticed that there was a drip coming into my kitchen through through the air conditioning vents in the ceiling. And so, of course, I sent my husband up to look, and he said he sees water coming through the roof. And I'm trying to figure out where it's coming from. And so we got a guy to come in and look, and he said the flashing was installed incorrectly. Because what happened was they put the pieces up first, and then they cut them instead of cutting them before they installed the pieces. Right. So my question is, we've got to have him to come back to do something about the flashing, but the guy is very in demand. He's hard to catch. What can we do 
to stop the drip. He's got a bucket up there right now to keep the water from coming into my kitchen. Right. And also because he's got the loose insulation up there, and I want to avoid mold at all costs. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to stop the leak until the guy comes to um, put the flashing in? Well, so is, the flashing. is this like a pinhole leak, or is it a big crack, or what are we talking about? It's a very small leak. He's a cat. He said he can't even see the light through it, mm-hmm. but he just sees that the water is dripping. So it's probably like a very, very tiny one. Yeah. And I said maybe just put some spackle or something up there for the time being. But then, of course, nope. well, we don't want to do anything that'll keep it from that'll that'll, that'll keep it that cause a bit of trouble later on. Right. The biggest thing is that you don't want to mess this thing up any more than has to be before the pro comes and looks at it. One of the things that can be done easily, I'll throw out before we throw it to a pro, but for a, a just a homeowner guy, I, I'd throw yeah. a tarp over it real quick. Mm. Okay. I, I, I know, it, but it's 7 bucks, and it, and it fixes your problem until somebody else can get out there. Pam, you got to have something better than that. Well, my question is, when you say on the flashing, is this like around a boot or a furnace vent? Is that is that where it's leaking? Um, it's around the uh, it's around the the, um, the chimney. Oh, it's around the chimney, so probably on your step flash or your cricket flashing. Yeah, I'm going to tell you the bucket is the best option at this point because <laughs> if you start trying to patch that from the underside. What you're going to uh-huh. do is cause that water to spread into that decking, and now you got a bigger problem. Gotcha. Gotcha. So okay. I would move, and I think you're smart. You can move that insulation so that if it gets wet, it dries out. And the beautiful thing is that we're dealing with uh, December, January weather right now instead of July. So right. that's when you got to worry about mold is in the middle of the summer and a constant, you know, and a water leak. But I just keep the bucket up there and and be smart and get on his waiting waiting list because I, I say this all the time. If they can come tomorrow, you probably don't want them. I I, I want to be on somebody's waiting list because that means they're good. <laughs> yeah, we've already come and this is a guy that works on like million dollar homes in the Jackson area. He's very in demand, but my husband's dad is a realtor and it's a friend of his. So we're gonna kind of push us up a little bit and see what he can do to help us. But we're kind of on his waiting list, but I haven't I haven't talked to him myself yet. I love so, that. Yeah, so yeah just leave that bucket up there to catch that water and just make sure if anything gets wet that it has an opportunity to dry out. So move that insulation. All right. Well, thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Y'all have a Merry Christmas now. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, wow. Thank you, Pam, for saving me there. I would have had blue tarp <laughs> all over that thing before... You know, well, you put tarp sundown. over your chimney, then you got a whole nother problem. <laughs> right, that's true. That's a good point. Okay, let's uh, keep on moving. We got Larry and Hazelhurst, and uh, he wants to share his DIY project. What's going on, Larry? Yes, this old geezer has a kind of a heartwarming, sentimental uh, story about woodworking. Uh, I'm at my 84th birthday yesterday. Such good health. I'm tired. Methodist preacher. I still preach every Sunday. Wow. My dad planted a black walnut in 1938. We moved into the new home that he and Granddaddy built, and oh, he pruned it and picked the nuts and cracked them and filled them. Uh, little fruit jars, took them to his Sunday school class, and then forty years, forty-three years later, he died of pancreatic cancer. Oh man, now, sorry to hear I'm that. Not a mystical person, but on the way home from Shepherd Hospital, July the twelfth, we got home. That tree was brown, dead. And I tried to save it. I spent a few hundred dollars, but they they, they couldn't be saved. So we had it cut down and. The, 
told the guy to leave the forks, but uh, he didn't. He took this limb. He did, didn't have a trunk big enough for the trunk. He was 10 feet long, 36 inches diameter. Wow. And a friend with an uh, oil-filled trucking company said, said we got to weigh it. It's 1,800 pounds of black balls. <laughs> so I took it to the sawmill, five quarters. All right. So I've got some old, heavy planks. And then uh, we had uh, some of them plane to fix, uh, do the mantle on my uh, daughter's uh, fireplace. Uh-huh. And then uh, for our island in the kitchen, we had some plane that did that. Well, I had a few plane ones left. Well, I, I, this, last year I made a, a little uh, crash uh, barn, a stable uh-huh. for my daughter, and everybody loved it so much. I made one for every grandchild this year. Aww. Oh, wow. That's four, awesome. Five-quarter uh, floor, five-quarter back, and then the plain ones on the side and the roof. And I don't varnish. Uh, I use free wax. And you talk about pretty. Huh. It's the prettiest stable in the history of the world. That <laughs> is unbelievable. Now, wait, wait, I want your uh, special uh, sauce there. What, what was the name that you used? B-R-I-W-A-X, Brie Wax. Uh, it's expensive if you can find it. I can't find it in Jackson. I found it in the antique shops in Louisiana. Oh, okay. uh, it has a seal of the House of Windsor on it that it's approved for the antiques in the Windsor Castle. Oh, wow. And oh, wow. You rub it on uh, real good and hard and uh, kind of wipe it off, and then you wait about eight or ten minutes until it's dry enough to polish. And there's a luster, not a shine. You understand what I'm talking about? It's oh, yes. Unbelievable, Larry. I'm speaking to an artisan, not a DIY guy. This is, yeah. <laughs> but my kids do call me a, a craftsman. Uh, I can't hardly build things. This is one of the few. But I do antique restoration. I have restored five Queen Anne pieces, hundred thousand pieces of furniture. Wow! <laughs> and that... uh, I learned a long time ago: forget varnish and shellac and all of that. Uh, I don't strip them. I, I rub them with it's a tiny bit of ethanol in, I think it's ethanol, some little uh, dissolve slightly. And you rub and rub. I can take a black chair and watch TV in three or four or five hours. Uh, I'll be down to the original luster. Wow, that's amazing. You're right. Three, four hours never in front of a TV. See, I'd be up in power tools in that first hour. I mean, I'd, yeah. Be, yeah. I'd be in a coma. Right. Well, when you retire, you got plenty of time to sit around. Right. Well, that's enough of this sentimental old geezer, but I thought you might appreciate that. Thank you very I'm much, a- Larry. We appreciate that. Thanks, Larry. That's awesome. Have a great holiday, too. I did a cry when I see the great-grandchildren, and it was made by their great-great-grandfather planted that tree. That's pretty awesome. That is yeah. very neat. Something you can't replace. Um, you know what? We're, I'm going to go ahead and take another quick break here. Uh, when we come back, I have got, I printed up today, a drill bit guide. And I know you're going, oh, please. That's a little meta, right? No, really, I'm going to get down on this because this is really neat. I didn't know that what they're made of has a lot to do with what they're made to drill into. So I'll let you know more about that when we come back. So uh, time for another break. Call us 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be back. MPB Think Radio. Whatever your taste, news, music, storytelling, or how-to shows. Whatever your city, Natchez, Jackson, Tupelo, Cleveland. 
however you want. Radio, smart speaker, smartphone app, MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks is out this week, but we will continue. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or the MPB Public Media app. Okay, so before we went to break, I mentioned that uh, I just saw a drill bit guide, and I wanted to, to to mention this, okay, it, a lot of people are getting things for Christmas. You're maybe buying something for someone else. Maybe they wanted some drill bits. And and typically how these things are bought is, is in uh, you can buy them in sets or in uh, just individually. The sets, to me, are, are great because they have all the different sizes. Uh, and, it, you know, you never know what, what application you're going to need. So anyway, <clears throat> one thing you will find is that when you go and look at all these drill bits, they're all different colors. And and it never occurred to me that you weren't just supposed to match the color on your drill. You know, hey, I have a red drill. The black one would look really cool. No, that's not how it works. Uh, the drill bit colors have to do with what they do, okay? So when you go and you're sitting there, you're looking at a wall, and you'll see several colors. First one you'll probably see is steel. It's just, you know, it's like polished steel. It, well, it's not really polished. It's, uh, it's just like regular metal. And uh, this is a high-speed steel drill bit. It's, uh, it's made for PVC plastic and low-density woods like pine. You know, go right through them. They're cheap. Um, if you hit a nail in it, uh, it's not really as good anymore. They don't last forever, but they work really well when you're working with, uh, like, pine wood, things like that. Softer. Now, there's another one that you see right beside it, and it's black oxide. Oh, these look like they would really go through some cool stuff. Eh, it works on uh, some uh, PVC, most woods, including most hardwoods, but also works on non-ferrous metals as well. So it, 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 can, it can go through metals. It can go through most woods. Um, now, cobalt steel. These are going to look a little bluish. When you see these, uh, they have a better heat dissipation that makes it a, a combination ideal for larger dr- drill bits. You'll see this on some of the real big ones, probably, uh, say, uh, three-eighths or something like that. Those are, those are cobalt steel a lot of times. Then you go into titanium nitrate. This one I've seen before, and it's kind of a, almost a, a yellowish. Uh, when they when they show it on the thing, but it works on all woods and steel while offering great longevity and durability. The titanium portion of that is really what you're looking for as far as your durability. But but then the the queen mama of all of them is the diamond PDC. It's reserved for glass, tile, and ceramic since these bill, uh, bits are much pricier. And by the way, if you ever go and price these, that little high-speed, uh, like, metal-colored drill bit that you get up there at the top that we first talked about, you know, you can get a set of those for $7, you know. You get one of those diamond ones for, you know, 
So so it definitely has a quality difference. But, you know, if you're not drilling into tile or glass or, or brick or something like that, you can just get that high-speed drill bit, and it doesn't matter if you're just working on wood or plastic or something like that. So anyway, there you go, your drill bit guide for the for the uh, holiday season. Was there a tool pan that you were looking for specifically for this holiday season? Something you Santa know, could bring you? Yeah, I could use, I wish Jeff was here, I could use some more Sawzall blades. I actually um, <laughs> had to get that bad baby out because I had to take down a post next to my stairs. Oh. And I noticed that my blades were um, old and scratched up. So it's a good time to go. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day, and she wants a new compressor. And I was like, now's the time to go get them. You know, oh, Santa Claus has got them all on sale. Very much on sale, yeah. And I will say, the saw blades, folks, uh, saw, uh, things that you use a lot of, uh, drill bits, saw blades, all of these things that get dull. Let, let's talk about these things that get dull. If a drill bit is dull or a saw is dull, that's the fastest way to hurt yourself on a job. Is if You're that tool, if a tool yeah. is dull, it'll hurt you. If you, it want, will kick, kick back, especially on those blades. Right. You know, and it used to be. Maybe some of our listeners know, but I used to be able to take my blades down to the hardware store, and mm-hmm. they would sharpen them for me. Mm-hmm. Many but I'm of them not will. sure there's anybody that's doing that anymore so i just broke down and bought all new i was like this is the year of the blade so i got my new miter blade i got a 10 inch on that i got a seven and a was it seven and a quarter on my slider and then my little bitty skill saw and i have a tiny one because i'm just not that strong and i don't trust myself to be strong enough for a skill saw right so i've got a small blade and it right it, it works, but they're all brand new. It's like cutting through butter. Well, and if you and if you have a dull blade, uh, God forbid, you have a dull blade and you're trying to cut something with a skill saw. A skill saw oh, yeah. is yeah. absolutely maddening. If you and the skill saw is the one like that hand saw with the kind of like the seven inch blade on it uh, or a ten inch blade on it, and it will it goes through wood very well. But if the blades are not sharp, what happens is it makes all of these products kick back. And it, and it makes you put more effort into it, which makes your hands slide a whole bunch of terrible things. So uh, with something like a saw blade, they simply don't cost enough to to either run them dull. Uh, you know, in other words, just get new ones if you can't figure out how to to sharpen them. Now, there are several tools out there like uh, I've got a Dremel tool. And you can get an attachment for blade sharpening, and that one is excellent. I've used it before, I don't know how many times, for my lawnmower blades. That's a great place to use uh, uh, lawnmower blades. You can fix that on a Dremel. They sell a little attachment, and all you do is you just stick the blade inside the attachment, and the Dremel makes the perfect edge, perfect cut. So that's something that you can do. Of course, I'm not endorsing Dremel. Roto Tool does the same thing. So, Well, to put it in perspective... Jason, mm-hmm. a, a new blade is cheaper than a finger. You know, it is. I'm <laughs> going to say that it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Finger can be very costly. Yeah. But really, uh, uh, blades and drill bits, things like that, that can slip, man, it's just not worth it not to have a newer one or a newly sharpened one. Uh, oh, and a table saw, too. Boy, you better have a sharp blade on that. And make sure you're using the right blade on your table saw. There are all kinds of blades out there. If you don't have the right blade and you stick some wood in there, it'll kick back. 
my uncle did make a visit to the uh, emergency room because a piece of wood kicked back and hit him in the mouth. Oh, so, really? Yeah, he had to have uh, some nose work and some new teeth. Wow. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Got some emails here for you, Pam. You ready? Uh-oh. I'm, yeah. I'm so, flying solo today. I'm, the pressure's on. It is, but this one I think you've dealt with quite a bit. Okay. Can you uh, – here, here's the email. Can you discuss the general advantages of having foam insulation in your home and specifically how to vent or not vent your home when you're using open cell foam through a home? Uh, I, I tell you what, she, uh, she also says how – also discuss how this affects the humidity in the home that we deal with in Mississippi. Uh, what would you think about that? First, let's start with the foam as opposed to the roll insulation. Do you – Pam, you know, go ahead. Those are, the, those are the perfect questions to be asking when you start thinking about foaming, especially here in the South. Mm-hmm. And you have a there's, – there's two different kinds of the foam, and I'm sure there's a tech out there that may call and, and tell me I'm wrong, but you've got an open cell foam mm-hmm. and you've got a closed cell foam. Correct. When you come in with foam in your attic, you're going to – what they normally do is spray that foam on that decking underneath your shingles. So then your attic almost becomes like a living area, and I would only put – an open cell foam there because if you end up with a roof leak and closed foam does not breathe, nor does it allow anything to come through it. So now you've just captured that water on that decking. Hmm. Also, if you think about foam on in an attic, it will automatically, once you install it, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Your shingles are no longer warranty. It invalidates the warranty. So really? spray foam in an attic will automatically, your warranty on your roof is gone. Why is that? Well, because the shingle manu- it's it's a, the way they write their specifications. The mm. shingle manufacturer wants to make sure that that attic is vented. Well, once you foam it, you have no venting. And so they say, well, now you don't, because they're afraid that their shingle is going to bake on the top side of that foam, which they're kind of right. (laughs) They really kind of will. So there's just a lot of things to think about. And then as far as venting, if you have gas appliances, Mm -hmm. so if you've got a gas furnace and a gas water heater, you have to vent that to the outside of the foam. You also have to vent all of your uh, bathroom vents to the outside of the foam. And it's difficult to do that on a retrofit. If you're in an existing home, I've seen it done wrong more than I've seen it done right. Oh, wow. Where they literally foam right around those vents that get so hot and they are charring now. And then you're... They're not venting right, so now you're putting carbon monoxide and humidity into the attic. So it's a if you're going to be looking at that, I would strongly recommend that you do a lot of research on that because if it's done wrong, you can really get yourself in trouble. And folks, I do want to mention something. If you're the type that that watches a lot of the DIY programs on, say, HGTV, stuff like that. I, I suggest or I hope that you'll watch, you know, uh, even even the one that's done right here in Mississippi. Uh, 
the reason being is that a lot of the DIY shows for many years came out of Canada. And if you watch, when they made these shows, they were made for uh, Canadian homes, honestly. They were made for a much different climate than, than, than we are. And the thing that our climate depend or what our homes depend on here uh, because of our humid climate is airflow. We've got to always have airflow of one way or another. All right, folks, we need to take another break real quick. Uh, When we come back, we're going to be taking your calls at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Welcome back. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Fix It 101. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week, but we're holding down the fort. All right, Pam, uh, I've got this email here, and it's not necessarily a question. It's uh, almost a follow-up, so here we go. Hello, team. Follow-up a few months later. Cleaning up the little... Uh, the little lint trap in my washer did not help. If you remember a couple of months back, Pam, you and I talked about the filter inside the washer that a lot of people didn't even know existed. Uh, typically right on the front bottom of the washer, you can pull that out, clean it out, and uh, you know have a lot better water flow. He says, uh, I still have to go into the attic and clean the extra filter screen near my blower. Hmm. That's on the dryer, I would assume. Uh, uh, well, I'm 60 years old now. I don't see me doing this chore forever, running upstairs in the attic, stooping to miss trusses. My bones just won't bend that way anymore. So I just did a direct connect to my outside. I had to use a 90-degree elbow, run a pipe behind my washer, then I cut holes in three cabinet walls, my drywall, plywood sheathing, and finally my brick hammer drill time uh, the total length of the run is only eight and a half feet uh all horizontal on the same level only took about two hours and it gave me an excuse to buy a four and eighth inch in uh hole saw which is really cool Whoa, yeah yeah that's great I yeah, know it's I also, love a project where I need something. Right. <laughs> yeah, we covered that one time on the show where a project takes what was it three trips to the to the uh to the home Always. store. You know, Always. so you go to buy the material you think you need. You get there, you break something, you go back to get something, then you go back and get the material that you have to go to get to finish the project. So anyway, anyway, he said it only took that amount of time to get the whole thing done. He says, "Stay tuned, love your show, and happy holidays. Be safe, Steve and Olive Branch." So thank you, Steve. We appreciate that. It sounds like you. Thanks, a- Steve. Yeah, that's a better solution because drying horizontally just is not a good idea. <laughs> no. Well, and 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 how much fun to cut a hole through brick? That's yeah, I just- know. I mean, vertical. I got my vertical and my horizontal. D- drying vertical just don't work. It, right. It really right. needs to be you horizontal. Push out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more thing. Uh, by the way, eight 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 three seven two. 
No, that's wrong. 877-672-7464. I don't know what I was thinking. Okay, on my uh, Christmas wish, on my Christmas (laughs) wish, a new Dremel, I got this from Marlin, uh, it said a new Dremel small circular multi-cut tool. Uh, if if you don't have one of these little uh, multi-tools, multi-cut tools, if you don't know what they do, like Google like a multi-cut tool. It is unbelievable what you can get done with this thing and so much easier to wield than, say, a, a big circular saw. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things you can do. with it. It's not nearly as heavy, but it's called a small circular multi-cut tool. There's several of them out there that you can use, and you can buy the blades and things everywhere in bulk, and you will use them in bulk if you use it. It appears to use, uh, he says, it appears to be useful for small, tight space cuts. It is right on for that if you're doing those small cuts. Um, Other handy, low-cost item recommendations says plastic saw horses. I know that sounds crazy. You can get them for, for fairly cheap, but when you go to saw something, don't hang it off of your balcony and try to, I mean, you know, don't put it on a kitchen chair. Go out and get you some saw horses so that you don't cut your kitchen chair in half when you're doing your uh, home improvement. And, you know, the new ones have those little slots in them so you can run a two by four between them sitting up. And then, I mean, that's really nice. And then you can because we built some stands when we were doing that deck. We had several little stations with saws on it. Right. And those those plastic things are awesome. There you go. All right, folks, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pivas, Jeff Sammons, and I'm Jason Klein, we want to thank everyone for sticking with us during this roller coaster year. Make sure to join us in 2021 as we continue to make your house happier and healthier right here on Fix It 101. See you next year. Next year.